Hello and thank you for finding our very special Christmas podcast series, All I Want for Christmas. We accept you were probably searching for a bit of Mariah on Spotify and stumbled upon us by accident, but you are very welcome nevertheless. My name is Mark, I'm one third of a podcast called Baffled Normally, once described as the most fun you can have in 40 minutes, which includes a podcast, three guys, nine facts and a lot of squabbling. They haven't been down to Soho. But for the Christmas season, I'm on loan to this podcast series right here, where we invite other podcasters, those that we love and adore, we invite them on to curate their perfect Christmas day. My first guest responded to us by saying, you have no idea how happy this would make me. We'll see if she still feels the same at the end. From Music In My Life with Laura Wright, it's Laura Wright! Hello! (laughs) I'm very overexcited still. (laughs) I have to say, Laura, of everyone we've asked so far, you have been by far the most excited to come on this. You're like, oh my God, yes, it's going to be amazing. I know. I think I have a habit of doing everything at Christmas as well. Like all these kind of big occasions in my life seem to happen at Christmas. And I'm pretty sure subconsciously it's because I just love this time of year. (laughs) Now, obviously, 2020 is a little bit different. Normally, you are out and about, you are a singer, so singing Christmas songs. Is that the best part of the year for you, job-wise? Yeah, so actually, as coming from someone who loves Christmas, um, I normally record things that will be coming out at Christmas time way before. So even, you know, sometimes we're doing festive kind of episodes of programs in the summertime. And so for someone who, as I say, loves this kind of time of year, actually, it's great because I kind of get to pretend that um, we're already in that festive period very early on. But uh, yeah, so I, for me, the music is kind of almost all year round, dare I say, which will probably upset some people because they can't stand that. But for me, it's like, you know, Christmas music from as early on as possible. <laughs> hey, do not worry. There is absolutely no judgment from this side of the podcast at all. This is a judgment free podcast. You can have your <laughs> Christmas however you want to have it. I'm all on board for it. And I think people actually are much more on side for that this year in particular. Like I've really noticed um, on social media, people being like, well, my Christmas tree's up because what else is there to look forward to in 2020? <laughs> so I think it's almost been this uh, welcome excuse to get into the festive spirit and have something to look forward to. So I think that's you know what I've talked to so many friends and family about is just that longing to have things in the diary and, and things that you're able to look forward to and plan ahead and and I think you know that's kind of allowed Christmas has allowed people to do that which I love you're right 2020 is going to be a bit of a weird year we don't really know what we're going to do or who we can see and and that is part of this podcast really we we know it's going to be weird so we're giving you the chance to curate your perfect Christmas and for everyone to feel a bit Christmassy and have that amazing joy so let's dive straight into it let's talk the build-up You've already said for you, Christmas comes early. When do you start forcing it upon people, though? Is it a November thing? Is it an August thing? Or are you, I'll wait until December, but then if you're not on board, get out of my house. Um, I mean, to be honest, I probably force it on my husband uh, as early on as possible. So yeah, come November time, um, I'll start dropping hints about presents and also just kind of bringing out the Christmas decorations Um, the old Michael Buble album will come on because that's just something nice to drive to and a little bit of background music Um, so it's as early as possible and I suppose also um, we got married at Christmas time so we got married on the 22nd of December two years ago Um, so (laughs) that year there was this build-up and the whole of our wedding was basically curated around Christmas. (laughs) 
I like that. I like that. That seems like it's something which you're like, oh, oh, has that happened? But in the back of your head, you always knew that, didn't you? You just kind of went, oh, yeah. oh I guess we'll have to do it at Christmas and we'll have to be Christmas themed while going, this is my plan all along. Oh, yeah, yeah. It started off with, you know, some summer dates, like the classic August bank holiday. And then as time went on, we were like, actually, let's do it in the wintertime. We both love this time of year. And um, as I walked into the church, we planned that there would be lots of Christmas trees. And there was actually a Christmas tree festival going on during that time when we were getting married. And so perfect. they were like, we can't we can't move 30 Christmas trees. I was like, don't move them. Leave them there. They're perfect. They, they I love need it. To move. They don't need to move. They are now part of the ambiance. This is what we're theming everything around. Exactly. Exactly. So we we added to the Christmas trees. And I remember actually the morning before Sorry, the wedding. wasn't enough. You wanted to <laughs> add to the Christmas trees. You went, look, I know you've got 30. It's impressive, guys. I'll be honest. But I think you could do better. Yeah, bring in the uh, other well, 20. It's fine. Come on, bring the other 20 in. <laughs> Let me let me set the scene. So the the thirty that were there also were were sort of um, quite small Christmas trees, and local communities, local charities had decorated them. So it was really lovely. And then what I did was asked a friend of a friend who had actually a big lorry to we we got two or three bigger Christmas trees that we then brought into the church to kind of make even more of the embracing the festivities. Um, and we had them sort of either side of us when we got married. So we we just embraced what was already there. You know what with what you've got <laughs> and that's your christmas card right there for the next five years you can still rinse that out that's perfect exactly that photo, you getting married with the christmas tree <laughs> uh, advent calendars are you an advent calendar person or are you a i'm eating it all on day one sort of person no, I really stick to the days and actually I get kind of a bit flustered if I don't. <laughs> I'm like, no, this is the part of the build up. And it's, you know, I think also it's quite good to practice your um, your self-control leading up to a period mm. where, let's face it, we eat as much as we can and we maybe drink quite a lot more than we would do um, at certain times. And I think, yeah, so for me, that advent calendar is is really the exciting kind of lead up as well. Even if it's, to be honest with you, not like one that has chocolate in it, I, I would be a little bit disappointed, but I could handle it if that's what I was given. <laughs> See, you, you say that, I feel like that's a very diplomatic answer. I feel like inside you would be seething if you got one without chocolate in. Yeah, I'm saying it through gritted teeth. I'm just saying it so that, you know, if my husband gets me one without, then it's all right. <laughs> I feel I feel like you need chocolate in an advent calendar because I almost feel that an advent calendar is the equivalent of marathon training. So like you don't just go and do a marathon. You do little runs in the build up to a marathon. Much like at Christmas, you don't just go and gorge all the chocolate on Christmas Day. You need those little build ups of chocolate in the advent calendar in the month running up. It's like a Christmas training program. Exactly. You know, you need to have the elasticated waistband on and you need to be like Joey and friends and be prepared. <laughs> exactly. It's what you need. And Christmas tree, how early is your Christmas tree going up? So I I think, you know, I'd try and withhold that until the start of December just because it will take all my attention and I'll be like, right, I'll probably it takes me quite a while to decorate it and I get a bit fussy about that as well and I think I'm quite a relaxed person but when it comes to Christmas I just get really overexcited so I always buy like a couple of new decorations each year and this year actually is going to be strange because 
I think like lots of people, our situation is going to be a bit different. We're not in our own home. And um, we also have my daughter who's going to be turning one, uh, this, you know, in December. She was born in December as well. She's a Christmas baby. <laughs> so um, I'm kind of concerned that she'll be pulling the Christmas tree down. So I think we're going to have to do some sort of safety operation. But there will be many a bauble upon the Christmas tree. Now, two important questions for you. Question number one, real or fake? Ah, see, it's always been real, but I do have a fake Christmas tree in the attic. I mean, am I going to divide the nation by saying that? (laughs) I don't know. I feel like that diplomatically puts you in the middle. Yeah. You like the real, but you've got the fake there just, you know, just as well. Just why not? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think for me, I'd never, ever had had a fake Christmas tree. And and so part of one of those, you know, we all have these little traditions with our family come Christmas time. So my dad and I, and I have three older brothers, and it was always my dad and my thing to go and get the Christmas tree. So we would go each year and get it. And I think that's why I always thought that, you know, it was just a real Christmas tree, no matter what, because that was our thing to go and choose one together. But I have to say a couple of years ago, a few years ago, we got a fake one. I think purely because perhaps living in London, it gets quite busy at that time of year and we didn't have time necessarily. So it was really useful. So I'm kind of, I am a bit split on that one. I totally get it if you're someone who doesn't want to, you know, hoover up those pine needles day after day. (laughs) And second question, does it have a theme or are you just a, if it's Christmassy, if it's sparkly, it goes on the tree or are you very much, it must have a colour theme, it must follow a pattern. Which, Which side of that argument do you fall on? Um, so I would stick to a color theme on a tree, but I am by no means an expert when it comes to decorating, decorating a tree. So like, I think, I think in my head that I'm like the master of it, but actually if you came around my house, you'd probably think it was distinctly average, but the effort is there. So I'm, I'm a hundred percent all in on themes and color coding and all that kind of stuff. But in reality, I think we all probably towards Christmas time and towards Christmas day just start you know shoving decorations wherever we can fit them to be honest (laughs) always and I always love the people and I'll be honest I am one of these who insist on decorating the back of the tree yes yes that is so true and I do this as well but I've never quite understood why I do this because no one ever sees the back of the tree but just in case someone comes round to inspect the back of the tree you go well I can't leave it naked at the back what are you talking about, Mark? You know that Father Christmas inspects the back of a Christmas tree. He's got to well, put the presents obviously. there. <laughs> of course, sorry, of course. How, how could I forget? How could I forget? <laughs> now, talking of presents, talking of Christmas shopping, how early of a Christmas shopper are you? I am a rush, rush, rush at the last minute person. I think I'm going to be really organised. Preaching, I'm yeah. with you there. Well, I, I just, every year I'm like, I've got this, Laura, you're going to be organized. You're going to write a list. You're going to nail it. You're going to have everyone having, you know, spent the same amount of money. You're not going to go overboard. And then as the day draws closer, I just panic <laughs> and I overbuy. And it's something that I'm trying to get better at because I think we do buy a lot of unnecessary stuff during Christmas time. Um, and I think part of that's necessary because especially this year, we just all want to feel that festiveness and, and enjoy that time with friends and family but yeah I definitely panic towards the 25th for sure and I think this year as well it might have to be online shopping this year you've got to be even more organized I know but also organized 
you can be organized with online shopping, but I'm that person who orders, you know, I think I've ordered a normal size bag of carrots from the supermarket and a ton of carrots turns up. I'm that person. And no matter how well I think I've done it, <laughs> there's always something that I really underbuy or overbuy. So I don't know what people are going to get this year, but it will be made with love, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm really looking forward to your mum just opening her present and there's just a ton of carrots just in there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Oh. Sorry. Do you not I like your carrots, mum? scarf roasting in the oven. Yeah, Sorry. I'm, oh, it's all gone wrong. I'm sure you had carrots on your list. I'm, I'm 100% positive. <laughs> We're getting you and Rudolph confused again. Oh, no. <laughs> okay. Other big thing for a lot of people in the build-up to Christmas is pantomimes. Are you a pantomimer? Um, so I think this is also something I'm really excited about for the future because, as I mentioned, having a, a child now, I'm really excited for when she's desperate to go and see things like that and we can take her to the pantomime. I'm not against pantomime or any kind of um, show like that. You know, I'm a performer and I think that it's one of those amazing things where people can gather together and can watch something that makes them feel happy and festive and it's really light-hearted um over the over the years when I've been when I was much younger my gran and my mum and her sister all of the girls in the family she would take us to see a show and it might be a pantomime it might have been a ballet it might have been a theatre show it was just whatever was on in our local theatre and so that for me has always been like a really special memory and I I think that's what Christmas is, is of course it's a, a religious time for many, but it's also like this gathering of memories and like this mm. layering of years of, of what's happened. And I think that's why I love it so much because you get to relive all of that. And I love to reminisce on those experiences. So I'll definitely be taking my daughter and asking, you know, my mom and my auntie and my grand to come along with me. That, I, I feel like that's the way to do it. If you're going to do a pantomime, it, you're right. It's that big family thing that you that you remember for years and, and you have that story. Oh, do you remember when we went and saw Cinderella and blah, 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 blah. And I feel like that's, that's the best thing in the pantomime. We all accept that pantomimes, if you look at them as a work of art, aren't going to stand up that well. But for what they are, they're brilliant. Definitely. And, you know, if you do want to go and see something that is, you know, with incredibly talented dancers or musicians, you know, there's there's things like the Nutcracker that's always on each year at, at the Opera House. Like there's so many different things. And, and I love that they become little traditions for different families. And so I think if you want to go and, you know, shout, oh, no, he didn't at the Panto. I love that. I think it's great. Now, we've spoken about the build up. Let's start building that perfect Christmas day for you. So in your perfect Christmas day, where are you? Are you at home? Are you at your mum's? Are you at your, are you in Lapland? Where are you, Laura? Paint a picture for us. So um, if, you know, I could be anywhere, I would be at my parents um, and everyone would have arrived the night before on Christmas Eve and we would have been wrapping presents until very late in the evening, all sort of pretending that we're being secretive about things and I would be with all of my family with my dog lots of animals lots of children running around just basically sort of organized chaos is how I'd see Christmas morning nice I like that just 
organized. I feel like organized chaos are the two words that potentially sum up every Christmas in every household. Just <laughs> yeah. organized chaos. Where it's like, what time are we going to eat? Oh, we, you know, we'll eat about two. At 5 p.m. you sit oh, five down for food. <laughs> yes. It's been organized to get to 5 p.m. And let's face it, we're all happy we've got to 5 p.m. But it's still been chaos in that whole build up as well. <laughs> yes. So true. So you're at your parents. You've got loads of family around you. Are you a church goer on Christmas morning? Um, so I would say we normally go, yeah, midnight mass. Um, so we'd be, and also that's also a really big part of Christmas for me. So I, I probably should have mentioned sooner, obviously being a singer, I grew up singing choral music. So mm. all of those amazing carols, like in the bleak midwinter. And I remember my brothers singing once in Royal, the solo, and then I got to sing that at the school carol concert. And, and again, that was sort of that lead up and that build up to the festive period. And then obviously, yeah, we would definitely go to a service over the the few days of Christmas together that was always really important to my gran and my grandfather when he was around so as I say it was that kind of building of traditions um and also there's that kind of that smell of Christmas as well when you go to a service or mm. you meet friends afterwards and even if you're not religious but you would meet friends after a service at a church or or a carol concert there's that smell of mulled wine that smell of mince pies and and the pine needles and all of that I'm smiling as I say it because I just think it's such a wonderful thing a wonderful time of year as well so yeah there would definitely be um a church service in there and I'd normally be singing some sort of festive music during that as well so when you talk about music and festive music if it was if you're thinking about the songs that bring back memories for you of christmas would it all be the more choral the more hymn style christmas music than perhaps you know shaking stevens and michael buble um yeah i think for me it was as i say that kind of memory of singing once in royal david city or the holly and the ivy um as I say, you know, also though, yeah, the hymns and the choral music for me are just, they're really special. And I used to look forward to that so much. And as I say, that's, that's the music I fell in love with first. And then I grew to love classical music. And then I went on to study opera. So that choral music, especially around, you know, December time uh, was really, really special to me. And, and part of the reason why I ended up being a performer, I guess. Um, but now I listen to a bit of everything. You know, I think I would always tune into the King's College, um, their carols, their Christmas carol service. And I love listening to all the different kind of new arrangements of the choral pieces and the hymns. But then, you know, you can't beat Hark the Herald. We had Hark the Herald at my wedding, for example. <laughs> I really hijacked Christmas, like for my wedding, didn't I? <laughs> I'm realizing this now I'm telling you. Um, but I also have, as I say, I've already got Michael Bublé on repeat in the car which my daughter loves so a, a bit of a mixture i think mr christmas himself there is no christmas <laughs> without michael buble i think we can all accept that it's the message he says i swear on shuffle it comes up way more than in all of the other songs and every like two songs it goes it's michael buble wishing you a very merry christmas i'm like all right michael every other you song just got here. michael buble stuck in the back of your car and actually that's I just a cry so. for help it's michael Couple. buble i'm in your boot please let me out Couple karaoke but he didn't he didn't sign up for it <laughs> he didn't sign up he's strapped down and don't tell anyone he's there <laughs> exactly now when do you open presents on christmas day are you um, straight I'll away in the morning 
No, I go for like a scatter effect. So like, you know, uh, stockings in the morning, um, first thing, and I open them with my brothers and we would all be, it's, I don't know whether it's, it might make me sound ungrateful. It's not meant to at all, but we would always be quite sort of sarcastic and, and, yeah, sarky about presents. We'd be like, oh, it's the shape of a toothbrush. I wonder what it could be. <laughs> Let's open. We would kind of be very, we are very sarcastic with each other. And that's how I've grown up kind of being very silly with my brothers. And and we do, we get on so well, which I love. And again, at Christmas time, especially as you get older, it is probably one of the few times in the year that you are with your siblings if you have siblings so um yeah we would open our our stockings together in the morning and then the main present section would be either before or after that main meal which as you say basically gets later and later and later each year (laughs) how many siblings have you got uh three older brothers three older brothers was there ever present envy or your parents pretty good at kind of making it even they were pretty good, I have to say. They were very fair. But I think because I was the only girl, there was always that slight with my dad, you know, oh, Laura, there seems to be another little present for you under the tree. <laughs> and they thought, oh, and your well, brother you know, just she- gave you evil eyes. Going, yeah. Oh, every year. Yeah, every exactly. Every single year. There's one <laughs> bonus, one for Laura. <laughs> exactly. And actually, and come to think of it as well, there's a running joke in my family that my mum likes to hoard presents. So... We'll take. I don't know if other people do this, but we sort of take it in turns being Father Christmas, so like handing out the presents. And mm. um, my mum sometimes just—I don't know—she always manages to have this sort of big pile of presents left over that are just for her. And so everyone has to kind of go, "Oh, we've got to watch you open all your presents now." <laughs> I don't know why she does it, but there you go. That's mums. I think they're very good at that. <laughs> Hi, I'm Laura Wright, and I'm here to tell you about my podcast, Music In My Life. In this series, I'm talking to some amazing guests about their favourite pieces of music. We'll be delving into the music they listen to and why it shaped them throughout the years. It's like intense, it made me feel cooler and stronger and harder than I was. But the man on board had had cancer, and that's obviously become a big part of my life. I can listen to it now, reminding myself where I've come from. He just completely lost it as we pulled up to the to the hospital. You can find it wherever you found this podcast. Just search Music In My Life. And who cooks the Christmas lunch on this perfect day? So I'd say it's very much like the women in the family roll their sleeves up and just get in the kitchen and every, you know, generation um, that's there gets involved and cooks. And then also... I'd say it's always been kind of my dad's role to carve the turkey. And we we would have also like a proper classic Christmas dinner or lunch or whatever. We'd always have kind of all the trimmings and way too many puddings um, than you need. But it's sort of that thing of, oh, we'll bring a pudding. And then you've got sort of 12 things on the table and cheese and mold wine and all of that kind of stuff. I think we're quite traditional when it comes to that side of things. Um, and yeah, I think there's, again my so my gran is Irish and so there's a lot of traditions that she brings to the food side of things as well um so there might be colcan in there or maybe even just like some random homemade soda bread or things that you wouldn't maybe find at a mm. Christmas dinner but I think that's also what makes it special so we try to um carry on those traditions for her as well what is the one item that if it disappeared from your Christmas lunch you'd just be like there's no point going on 
Let's cancel Christmas right here. I'm done. We haven't got any. Blah. What would be that one thing? Bread sauce. Sauce. Strong. <laughs> it's a strong choice. It's left field. It's left field. I know. But it's strong. Okay. So, and then if, can I have one for pudding as well? I, I mean, of course you can. Thanks. Thanks. Uh, sherry sauce for the pudding. So it's all about the condiments. Yeah. And I'm not normally someone who has even, I don't even have salt and pepper on anything. But when it comes to Christmas, is it not all about like the little bits that you add on the cranberry sauce, the bread sauce, you know, all of the cream and the sherry sauce on the pudding. I think that's what it's all about as well. I feel like the Christmas dinner, you you have to, A, you have to, you've got to get the nice crockery out. It's the only time oh, of the yeah. year it's ever used. The nice crockery that's kept away and it's like, oh, okay, it's Christmas. We'll get it out. Yeah, filthy. Like it's not even clean, but you're like, it's Christmas. We're going to use it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we're going to use it. And they're always, the nice crockery is always bigger than any other plate you have. So oh, it always yeah. has to be like the biggest plate you have because because you need that because you have like... A normal meal, you'd have, what, four or five different items on there, let's say. Christmas, it's about 22. Yep. 22 individual items on there that you're like, but I want loads of that, but I don't have room to put that on if I... It's it's like stuffing. No other point of the year would I think, you know how many stuffings I'll have? I'll have four different types of stuffing. (laughs) But Christmas, four stuffings is, is, is frankly not enough. (laughs) <laughs> you got to be strategic with your eating as well you know you got to be like you know am I going to have the ham am I going to have that with the main or am I going to sort of have that with my seconds like I'm definitely thinking that there's two or three plates you know that we're getting through here as well of food but that's just me I've always loved my food so are you doing turkey and ham in the same meal on Christmas day yeah we've got a ham there as well yeah definitely with the old, what do they put in it? Like honey, honey glazed with some cloves. I don't yeah, know, yeah. bit of a Jamie Oliver See, recipe I, or something I've like that. I've always had the ham on Boxing Day. Yeah, I think I think quite a lot of people do, but I think we just we just go full full whack in the on right Christmas house. Day. I was like, no, just absolutely get everything in it, everything yeah. in. Like, what have you found in the garage? Yeah, put that in as well. Put that in the oven. That'll be fine. <laughs> What's that? We're gonna have magnums for desserts. We found them in the freezer. Go on, sure. Vianetta, I love a Vianetta. Oh, you know, get that out. I Vian- mean, it's a classic. Vianetta, which I think is the absolute Nana's dessert. Like, you, <laughs> like, like if Nana wanted a dessert, it would be Vianetta. It always Vianetta is. or a Choc Ice, classic. Yeah, they're always in the freezer just in case. Yeah, just in case you come over. Money. Oh, I've got a Vianetta in the freezer. Oh, have you? <laughs> That's a surprise. Is it the same one from five years ago? I'd still eat it. To be fair, <laughs> <laughs> you've got to. You've got to. <laughs> Okay, so we've got Christmas lunch sorted out, or Christmas lunch slash dinner, whatever time it gets served. TV, let's talk TV. Okay. So the so the morning you've got Carol's from Kings on. Yeah, absolutely. On the what on the old on DAB. Oh, um, what what else is on the TV or listening schedule through the day? So I'd say um, I was I was thinking about this actually because I think we try and not have so I know for example like my husband they have the TV on quite a lot and they're massively kind of into the you know EastEnders omnibus kind of thing and that's like a big you know big part of the day um, I think it's Harry's dad who absolutely loves that but would hate the fact that I've said that um, <laughs> and then I think for us for my family it's more the kind of classic the Vicar of Dibley special episode. Mm. And 
and you know that kind of thing I mean I'm I'm partial to a bit of Doctor Who I never used to watch it but I actually do quite enjoy the Christmas special Queen's speech I, or the Christmas message from her I love I think that's so nice as well um so again I guess quite traditional choices there but I have to say for us it it normally the TV gets taken over by silly games and and things like that so TV is a little bit on the back bench I think for us what sort of games are you playing then through the day Okay, so <laughs> Heads Up has become quite a favourite over the past few years because um, my dad had a stroke a few years ago and it's one of the few games that he can play and also seems to be very entertained by. So that's taken a real, um, that's that's a front runner at the moment. Nice, Obviously, yeah. The classic charades, because everyone hates playing charades, but we all do it. And then we end up having a real laugh. Um, <clears throat> there's a, I don't know what this game's called. You might know, but you like have to pick up it. Uh, Harry, my husband calls it poo in a bucket, but you have to like pick up a potato and, and like launch it into a bucket. Is that a game or is I just, is he just embarrassed me? <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll be honest. I've never heard of it. Sound, it's, it's, it sounds more like the electricity's gone out and you've gone, what should we do to pass the time? But, yeah. you know, may, may, maybe it is uh, a Christmas tradition that we just never have heard of before. <laughs> Who in a bucket? Maybe we'll cut that bit out. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm leaving it. There will be people There will be people listening to this going, yeah, of course I'm going to yeah. in a bucket in Christmas. In a bucket. Of course I do. <laughs> um yeah but i'd say also we have we have some games that are top secret as well so i'm afraid i can't i can't share any information about a couple of those games yeah so there's a very kind of there's a tradition that goes on in my family that's like a fun game that basically was something that my mum and her sister when they were much younger invented to annoy their father and so it's now become a tradition that we it's more of like a competition i suppose um that's probably the best way to describe it. But yeah, so the day is scattered with a mixture of traditional games and other games um, that are not so traditional, if that makes sense. And how competitive does it get? So I will be very honest because if anyone I know listens to this, they will call me out. I'm very competitive, as are my brothers. Uh, so it gets very competitive, but in a lovely way, you know, there's lots of mulled wine, uh, there's lots of slow gin and there's lots of fun games. So yes, it doesn't get aggressively competitive, but I do always want to win things like that. And as do most of my family. So, so I guess then on the perfect Christmas day that we're curating, you would win everything. <laughs> I don't know. I think I'd feel pretty bad about that if I'd yeah taken all of the first prizes. All right, fine. But Harry can win poo in a bucket, but everything else. <laughs> oh dear! But there are there's there's presents, there's there's prizes to be won. So you know there's things at stake. Hang on, you're competing for prizes at the same point. Here. This is this is another level up from the competitive that I thought it was. I thought maybe it was just a bit of bragging rights. You have prizes at stake. Yeah, yeah. There's prizes like there's. We also have. I don't, I don't know whether other people have this. It's like an excuse to have more kind of little presents. But we have like presents from the tree and presents from the table. Is that weird? We have like so everyone will sit down to dinner and there'll be like a little present that. So my I should explain this properly. My mum is an artist, so lots of the presents are not bought; they're made. And so when we sit down oh, to nice. dinner. Yeah, when we sit down to dinner, she often creates like a um, a table present for everyone that mm. everyone knows she obviously made it. And it will be something that is to do with her art as a project or something that's really lovely. So um, there oh, are, cool. yeah, there are things like that that happen, which are really 
gorgeous things and lovely memories and then obviously yeah there are prizes for all of the games that we play their prizes might be like a gold coin you know that kind of thing like a chocolate we're talking oh chocolate i thought you meant just a genuine gold coin i thought that was normal fair enough oh no Is that a gold coin? Well, of course, that's what we can yeah, pay for in the head household, you know. Just everyone brings along a gold coin, puts it in a bucket, and then, that's you know, what... first to... No, wait. Uh, so I'm guessing there's obviously alcohol being consumed while you're yes. doing <clears throat> these competitive games. Definitely, um, yeah. How early are you starting? Well, so I think this is... I have t- I turned 30 this year, and I suppose it's something, isn't it, that as you kind of when you're younger you don't really have memories of being hung over at Christmas or anything like that but as you get older you kind of do start to enjoy and find what your tipple is and find what mm. you enjoy drinking around Christmas time so for me I would definitely have like a glass of bubbles quite early on and then I'd be onto the mulled wine and I'd try and stick to that and then my gran makes a pretty strong slow gin that she makes through the year and that's uh that's always gonna be one to finish you off in the evening <laughs> nice i like that now let's talk first to fall asleep there's always that person that falls asleep about 3 p.m in the afternoon who is it in your household is it you are you the one who's just fast asleep on the sofa mouth wide open or is that someone else in the family it's my husband and my dad <laughs> it's hands down there's not even any question of doubt in my mind it's always the two of them and oh, yeah. i think no, i'd say Christmas things, like, yeah husband and dad saw it yeah yeah exactly and also so the first christmas my husband spent with my family um he'd come over and i was like oh this is my boyfriend harry and then my dad basically took him to the side and was like now let's have a chat and he was like oh god what's this about anyway then had some wine and then proceeded to get some cheese out the the fridge and then proceeded to get grapes and basically decided to give him some sort of lesson, not that he would know a great deal, but knows a little bit about wine and cheese and things like that. And and Harry had this whole world opened up to him. He was like, oh my God, cheese and grapes, cheese and apple. And basically then the two of them were thick as thieves from that point onwards. So um, yeah, they would definitely be the first to fall asleep on Christmas day. And that sort of lull, you know, when you've eaten food, people are a bit on their way to being maybe a little bit drunk and um and there's too much too much food's been eaten too much wine's been drunk and they have a little snooze on the sofa do you do the same as me it sounds like it might be again your husband and your dad that sort this out that at the point that you sat on the sofa you accept i'm defeated i can eat no more turkey no more turkey can enter and then someone says what about cheese and just like that you're hungry again A hundred percent. I also, I don't know if anyone else finds this, but why do you always end up eating, you know, those nuts that people buy at Christmas time and like, Mm. they'll just be there or, you know, the, the quality street leftover that no one really likes. Why, why do I eat them? Why do I always end up eating them? Like, I don't even want them, but it's because they're there. You're like, yeah, I'll keep eating. Yeah. Bring the cheese out. I'll have some of that. That's fine. And you literally can't eat another thing. I mean, it's it's a, a miracle that we all want to eat this food year after year because I'm surprised we're not sick of it by now. Now, before we leave Christmas Day behind, is there anything else that you're like, that's a right tradition? That's got to happen. We've got to make sure that happens on Christmas Day. Um, I think uh, as sad as it might sound, we do all end up singing together. And that's always been, you know, my... I'm I would really expect lucky. nothing less from you. 
<laughs> but I am really lucky that my family are musical and they love music. And it's always, as I say, it's always just been such a big part of my life. So there will always be, you know, the the singing towards the end of the evening and and there will be festive songs. And, and I think that for me is also just, I think it makes me feel quite emotional because I think that's what so many people will miss as well around this time of year. It's just that closeness with family. And, and I think music for me has always made me feel that it's brought us together and sort of doesn't matter what's going on or, or what different stage of life all of my brothers are at, but we all come together and music has always been a real kind of part of that for me. So yeah. Are you that stereotypical movie scene? where there's one of you playing the piano and you're all kind of stood round in sort of like a little like semicircle around the piano all just singing along. One of you sat on top of the piano draped across. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, there are years where, you know, my dad's come down in drag when he's been very drunk and, and started singing. So I wouldn't say it's it's that you know, it's that beautiful to watch, but definitely the the sense of togetherness is there. <laughs> Be honest, that was not the answer I was expecting when I asked that no, question. Exactly. That's, <laughs> that's, what's great. that's what's great about Christmas. Yeah. Things like that just happen. And it's exactly. fun. It just, wore, it's like, okay, sure. He wore his mum's old like fur coat or something that was in the cupboard and then came down. His name's Paul. And he was like, hello, my name's Pauline. I've come to perform for you all. <laughs> That's what I mean. That's, you know, you don't get that at any other time of year apart from Christmas. Has Pauline ever made a reappearance or was it a one year only thing? No, there was Pauline 2.0, but that was a few years ago. So 2020 might be the year. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. So Christmas is done. Gone to sleep. Wake up on Boxing Day. Have you got a Boxing Day routine? Are you a, are you a walker on Boxing Day or are you, I'm my, the pyjamas are here. I'm staying in them. They're comfy. So there's definitely like, I think there's a bit of a split household when it comes to that. So we have to kind of, I'm definitely someone who wants to get up and go for a walk. And, you know, I love my exercise and I love that, that sort of tradition of getting outside on Boxing Day. It's freezing cold, everyone wraps up and you take the dogs out for a walk and, and you just sort of, you know, walk off a bit of the enormous amount of food you've eaten the day before. But there's always a bit of that split where, you know, it is very tempting to stay in bed and just have a lazy one. So we kind of, you know, go somewhere in the middle, mid-morning walk. And my grandpa when he was still alive he was um he actually did a lot of really long distance walks so he would always sort of be the one who'd go right this way we're doing this journey and you know 10 miles later you're like we finally reached a pub and we'd finally be able to have a drink as as long as there's a pub there it makes it worth it exactly and I think you know I grew up in the countryside and and that was very much it like you'd walk to a pub somewhere that was quite a long distance away but it was just that sense of seeing other people who had done the same thing and and putting your wellies on and and just that kind of warmth that you get from people and I suppose also wanting to sort of elongate that Christmas sense as well for as long as you can and so Boxing Day, I'm sure like many others, you know, it's all the scraps of food, it's making bubble and squeak from what's left over. It's all of that kind of stuff after you've done that that morning walk together. Now, the one important thing I haven't touched on yet, movies. What are your top oh, yeah. five, Chris, or what are your top three Christmas movies? And when oh. are you watching them in the build up? Okay, so I love um, Just so you know that there, like- there are correct answers to this, just so oh. you know. Oh, okay. Well, Love Actually has got to be there because, okay, you know, that's, it's... That's a correct answer straight off the bat. <laughs> Love Actually, no matter what. And also I saw a little meme the other day that was about 
um, the moment where, you know, there's the lobster and the very emotional moment and she's folding up the skirt and she's realized that, you mm. know, the present that he bought wasn't for her. And, and I think it was something like, you know, who's still broken from that scene in Love Actually? And it was released oh. like 17 years ago or something crazy. It gets me every time. Every um, time. So I think that's a that's always one for the list. Um, I would say I'm not really like a new movie person, so I'd always stick to more traditional ones. Mm. Miracle on 34th Street, I I Great love. Film. Yeah, that's one of my favorites. And then I think you know there'll always be one on for the kids, so it would end up being like The Grinch as a cartoon or something like that for the for the kids as well, like my my nieces and nephews and things mm. so yeah there's a bit of a mixture kind of some old school classic and then and then a cartoon of some sort now i ask this both as intrigue as the you know host of this podcast to know where you sit but also for a bit of advice for me how early is too early to start watching christmas films as soon as they're on on netflix <laughs> they're on netflix so all year round, Laura. oh are they on... well then anytime if you need to feel uh, festive that's what and i like you to need hear to... Yeah, you need a warm hug, then put a Christmas movie on. It doesn't matter if it's January the 1st or December the 24th. I like that. I like that. <laughs> well, Laura, thank you so, so much for sharing your perfect Christmas with us. And it, thank and you for me. I, I kind of, you know, I don't know what's going to happen in 2020, but if there is room to come around to the right household for a Christmas, I may be there. It's, it Everyone's sounds welcome. like you guys just have the nicest family Christmas. Well, I think, you know, everyone feels like they're, they have their own little traditions and I think that's why it's so special. So it's, it's very special to me and I love our own family Christmas. Um, but I also think, you know, there's been years where we've had guests there that maybe didn't have, weren't able to get home and we've had people come and spend Christmas with us as well. And that's what it's all about. You know, it is, I definitely feel come December, people are nicer to each other, you know, even just walking down the street. And I think that's lovely. So yeah, it's been really nice to talk about it. Um, been lovely. Thanks for having me. That is all right. And Laura, the only thing left for me to say is have the best Christmas. I hope, regardless of what we're able to do this year, that you have an amazing time. And uh, and have a happy new year as well. You too. Thank you so much. Happy Christmas. 